Mr. Study Hill, WHOV 88.1 FM. I, I know Pastor Young, we're pastors, but, you know. <laughs> you had to get tribute to Mike, man. Absolutely, absolutely. And I, I was enjoying Mike until the background uh, That's singing I started singing. Of, of Pastor Swan kicks in. And, uh, you know what? You used to play this song at the skating rink. Right, right. Yeah, with the you, Jerry curls you, and everything. used to hit those corners, man, yeah, on the skating rink. Yeah, right? get the lean, you know. Yeah. Yeah, bro. But for Flash. folks who want to act like we were holy all our life, no, nah, you know, this was the <laughs> plaza roller right here. I had the parachute pants <laughs> and the red jacket <laughs> with the little black V. Yeah, man. Yeah. Yeah, man. <laughs> well, welcome to the pastor study here on WHOV. <laughs> We're going down memory lane for a minute. By the way, uh, this is one of my, um, I did do a top five list of Mike's songs, my own opinion. Oh, okay. This is one of my top five. That's why I got it playing. And uh, Off the Wall, uh, Thriller, got a couple others. But anyway, we welcome you to the Pastor Study here on WHOV. 88.1 FM, Pastor Kevin Swan in studio. Live with Pastor John Young of Empowered Believers Christian Learning Center and Pastor Raymond Johnson of Calvary Revival Church Peninsula. And uh, obviously we are uh, honoring the legacy of the late, great Michael Jackson. And we ask that you pray for him and his family uh, during this very difficult time. But um, we do want to move on with the show. And we do have a wonderful testimony that for those who wonder whether or not God is still in the blessing business he absolutely is in the blessing business, and this testimony is not just for people, but I hope there's some pastors and, and other church leaders that are listening, that when the enemy sometimes wants to come and rear his ugly head against the church, uh, Jesus said, um, you know, upon this rock I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. No, no attack of the enemy is greater than the blessings of our God. And so, Pastor John Young, for the last uh, about three or four weeks, I guess, you've been you've been dealing with the situation at your church. You weren't with us last uh, Tuesday. You actually called in and were in the middle of certain things that were happening. So for those who may not have had the chance to hear the story, kind of give us the testimony of what the Lord is doing through your ministry. I appreciate that, Pastor Swan. And let me just say, um, throughout this entire ordeal, one of the things that uh, was very encouraging to me is that um, there were so many pastors and uh, and and church leaders in the community that called and extended their condolences and and their prayers and their good wishes and and um, and their their requests to uh, to let them know what they could do to help. So for all of those pastors uh, and and leaders and um, and fellow uh, laborers uh, in the gospel that called, I want to thank you. Um, uh, we started out uh, a few weeks back um, with uh, what could have been perceived as a very dismal report that uh, we had about 40 days to exit our facility that uh, we have been uh, holding worship services in for about almost four years now. And um, and needless to say, uh, we had to uh, uh, make our voices heard to uh, to get a fair exit strategy. And uh, Wavy TV 10 uh, has uh, did a initial uh, report on our story, and they did a follow-up report this past uh, Friday, uh, based on the response to that report. And um, and and initially, not only would we have to uh, 
exit within 40 days, but our um, the owner of our facility was uh, not willing to give any concessions um, based on the uh, fact that our lease would not be able to be honored, and we had made some sizable investments in the facility that we wouldn't be able to take advantage of any longer. Well, long story short, um, God kicks in, amen, and I'm just excited about what's happened now. Um, we uh, had a, a young man that owns a shopping center in Hampton, and uh, he called up based on what he saw on the show and, and agreed to partner with us to get us in a facility that is not only uh, twice as big as the facility that we're in now, but it's twice as nice. Uh, it, mm-hmm. It's it's a practically a new shopping center. Uh, the Lord. We currently seat about 300 in the facility that we're in now, and this facility will be able to seat easily well over 750 people, uh, a little over 15,000 square feet. Uh, and and I'm just flat excited about it. I'm meeting with the officials at the city of Hampton uh, this afternoon to make sure that we have everything in place to meet all the uh, zoning requirements and, and code uh, compliance issues and those kinds of things to make sure we don't uh, revisit this issue anymore. But uh, everything is, is looking wonderful. So we're just excited uh, that God has uh, used this situation to elevate us. Uh, we talked about, uh, you know, how sometimes a tomb... Uh, uh, is is actually um uh, a womb and what uh mm-hmm. what what some people look at as a burial ground is actually a birthing canal on, and so we somebody we give me an organ here church. i feel it right now yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now one thing that uh, that obviously i don't believe any of you in here nor any of the uh people in our church or people that know anything about us had uh, ever thought for even an, a moment that empowered believers would shut down uh, we knew that god would do something but uh, I just consistently underestimate God. I just got to confess. I knew he would do something, but great God from Zion. You know, and, and, and the testimony to this, Pastor Young, is that sometimes, you know, even in, as you study Scripture, God uses persecution and unfortunate circumstance mm-hmm. to advance your ministry. Uh, you know, in Acts, it was because of the persecution uh, during the time of Jerusalem, that uh, great fear came upon the people, and they scattered themselves all over the world. Well, when they scattered, obviously they took the gospel with them. And so sometimes uh, for pastors who are listening and for, for ministry and just for people who are going through certain things, what we must understand is that sometimes God can use difficult circumstances to enlarge our borders and enlarge our territories and take us places where we might not have been able to go prior to that particular incident. And so it just so happened that, you know, the city comes in and talks with the owner of the place of where you're leasing. And, you know, in this whole situation, you know, it's a proving point that God can step in and that certainly we don't rely on man. We rely on the power and the strength of God. And the best part is, as you said, Pastor Young, that God has given you and is going to bless you with double this is almost like the Job story, Absolutely. you know, double <laughs> at the end than what you're going to have in, in, you know, what you have right now. And so what, what's the kind of the, t- the time frame for you, you know, um, transitioning out of your present location, you know, moving into uh, the newer location and facility? What, what kind of time frame do you have in mind? We're looking at about a 90-day window. We believe we'll be uh, set up in our new space um, around the 1st of October. And it's going to be a great celebration, I'm sure. And uh, 
Maybe the, maybe the three churches can come together, man. That, that would be great. Uh, that would be awesome. If I can get y'all to just come help me cut the rug, you know, and just, just break it in real nice, let's just act a fool over there. Yeah, yeah. We, we'll have to do something to see if we can get everybody together. I think that would be Absolutely. great. But but once again, and, and also there was a follow-up story. Uh, you had the initial story on Wavy 10. And so you did you contact Wavy 10? initially for the story well actually we've got some motivated people out there that are members of our congregation and this is another story in itself you know we were alluding to um uh tombs uh and and i thought about how um what happened when jesus uh right before he raised lazarus from the dead he asked them to roll away the stone and you would think that you know if he's got the power to raise lazarus from the dead he can obliterate a stone or at least have an angel nudge it out of the way but he asked the people to roll away the stone and so sometimes what we have to do is understand that you've got to do the natural so that god can do the supernatural amen and so you use whatever resources and and venues and mediums that you have to get your voice heard and then you give god something to bless faith without works is dead so yes we called our intercessors and we began to pray but we also gave god something to bless and so we absolutely uh, uh, contacted Wavy TV 10 to uh, to uh, put a speaker to our situation and uh, based on that uh, God used them as an instrument uh, to uh, get our voice out there to the right people and the owner of this uh, shopping center uh, he'll uh, for those of you who want to check it out it's on wavy.com the interview the they interviewed myself and the owner of this new facility during the follow-up story and he uh, expressed how he was shaving and saw it on the news and was compelled to come and help that, that's just the power of God. Absolutely. And he put it on his heart uh, to come and bless your ministry. And you did not even know each other prior to to uh, Wavy 10 interview, right? Absolutely. Did not. As a matter of fact, um, when he explained to me the size and uh, uh, the condition of this new facility, even uh, as, as faith-filled as I am, I had to make sure that he understood that, uh, you know, uh, our uh, budget had some limitations, you know? Right. Uh, and, and uh, you know, I, he, he's a very comical guy. I said, listen, you know, this conversation is over. If, if you think we can afford uh, twice as much as we're paying now, you would think if you're going to a facility more than twice as big as you're in now and twice as nice as you're in now you would think you'd have to pay at least twice as much i told him i can't afford that and if that's what you're asking this conversation is over his response was did you hear a click (laughs) (laughs) so he's a pretty funny guy but he said i'm still talking i'm calling you because you know i want to help i want to partner with you to get you in there and uh his definition of partnership is just you know we need to roll up our sleeves and you know kind of build out our own space if we wanted to pay market value of the for the facility then basically what we would do is say hey here's where we want the offices and the sanctuaries and the classroom. Give us a call when it's time uh, to move in. But uh, what we need to do uh, is rally all of the troops that we can to help us put up our own walls, paint our own places. And we've got some experience doing that because we did it in the uh, facility that we're currently in. So, uh, you know, we're no stranger to, to hard work. And, uh, again, if, if you would allow, I want to make sure that anybody that uh, wants to help us out, please uh, call the church, sign up, and, uh, and get some uh, additional information to, to figure out how you can help us. What, so, what exactly do you need? What are you looking for when you say help? We need plumbers, painters, uh, electricians, carpenters, people that can hang drywall, um, uh, people that know a little something about flooring and carpeting, uh, those kinds of things. Some people may want to uh, donate uh, lumber. Some people may want to donate the drywall or the paint, nails, you know, or just come help us move a bucket or something. You know, whatever you uh, feel led to do, uh, we ain't turning down anything but our collar around. I know there. that's right. <laughs> so if you just if you're just tuning in, Pastor John Young and Power Believers Christian Learning Center. In their present location in Newport News on 79th Street, um, 
got word from from the owner of the building that uh, they would have to vacate the property uh, because the city was coming in, found violation of the building. Uh, the church decided to go to Wavy 10 uh, to state their case. Uh, someone saw the interview uh, who owns a a an area in Hampton and a building in Hampton decided to call Pastor Young, and now an agreement is being reached between the owner and the city of Hampton and Pastor Young and the church. And the building in Hampton, the size of the building is twice as large as its present location. The Lord has blessed them there. Sanctuary will be able to seat now about 750 people, which is a tremendous blessing. But he's still in the process, looking at about a 90-day window, still needs help from the community to help transition the church from its present location to uh, the building in Hampton. So if you are willing to be a blessing to this church, to Pastor Young, what number should they call so that they can get in contact with you? It's uh, 240-5834. That's uh, 757-240-5834. Or you could uh, contact us via our website, which is www.empoweredbelievers.org. 240-5834. Please call that number if you want to be a blessing uh, to Pastor Young, to the church. Uh, we're encouraging you to do so. And so what a wonderful testimony, man. Thank you for sharing that. That is encouraging to me, and, and I hope it's encouraging to some church leaders and, and other people individually who might be going through all kinds of things. You don't know why these things are happening. It's just a sign that God can and will intervene in our difficult moments and can bless us beyond our measure. And so we're thankful for the testimony, Pastor Young. Amen. Pastor Johnson, how you doing today, man? Real quick before we go to the break. I feel like church right now. feel like church? I feel like churching right now. Go, go, with with go a ham and organ right now. Somebody go get an organ. <laughs> <laughs> now, you, now your conference, did it, oh, yeah. did it happen already or is it coming up? It's coming up. The youth okay. conference is taking place July 8th through the 11th, Wednesday through Saturday night. Uh, we're inviting all of Hampton Roads to come and to participate with us. And uh, I particularly have a, a focus this year on the idea of chosen, Matthew 22 and 31, uh, for many have called, but few are chosen, and we're going to be encouraging young people all week long. Wednesday night, uh, Bishop Macbeth's daughter, Lydia Osborne, will be preaching. Thursday night, uh, Alvin Georges Jr. from the Mount, Mount Lebanon Missionary Baptist Church, youth pastor over there, he'll be preaching Thursday night. Friday night, our own assistant overseer, Bishop Richard Hilton, which is Bishop Macbeth's pastor, uh, his son, Robbie Hilton is going to be preaching on Friday night, and uh, we have a Friday night lock-in for PKs, and here's what we've done differently. For those uh, that don't know what PK means. Uh, preacher's kids. Yes. And so uh, what I've decided to do is just not only have pastors, young people, uh, but have pastors, ministers, and church leaders. So anybody that has that has a child that and, and the parent is a church leader. Church in leader. In any capacity. Any capacity. Auxiliary leader. Uh, doesn't matter if it's a deacon, deaconess, minister, elder, uh, choir leader, uh, leader of the trustee board, deacon board, whatever kind of leader, whatever kind of structure your church has. If you're, if the parent is a leader and the child is between uh, middle school and high school age, they can get into the lock-in at the YMCA on Friday night, July 10th, from 10:30 until 6:30 in the morning. Now, now you, you're targeting. Uh, leaders children mm -hmm. you were a pk i was a pk and so um i guess this is near and dear to you absolutely so so i guess this is the reason why you, you absolutely feel led to put it together absolutely i felt if 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 i had had someone talk to me about what it was like to be a pk some of the crazy stuff i did i wouldn't have done mm -hmm. and i would have been able to establish my own identity in being myself without having to have this pressure to become a preacher and a lot of young people uh, are facing that today, and we're going to talk about that all conference long. 
Uh, and then on Saturday night, John Gray is going to be with us uh, from Jetson Franklin's ministry. And he's a comedian, for those of you who may not have heard of him. But he's going to minister in comedy, if you will. And then uh, Just Boogie and Simo will be there for the concert. Okay. And that's free as well, too. Okay, so July 8th through the 11th. July 8th through the 11th. Is there a fee for the for the conference? The conference is free, but the lock-in does cost $25. And okay. you can go to crcpeninsula.org. Again, that's crcpeninsula.org. Or call us at 245-1747 and uh, just get the registration information in regards to the lock-in. But the conference itself is free in the nightly sessions at the church, and the concert on Saturday night is also free. 245 Four seven. Four, seven. Everything is free except for the lock-in, and the lock-in is specifically targeting children whose parents are in leadership capacity. In leadership capacity in ministry. And uh, that lock-in is on Saturday night. So it's on Friday night. Friday night. Friday night from 10.30 p.m. until 7 a.m. the next morning. So and we'll we'll leave the Friday night service about 9, give everybody about an hour and a half, make your way to the Y. Okay, and this Y, which one is it? Newport News Y on Warwick Boulevard. On Warwick Boulevard. Yeah. Okay, and so for more information, please contact, again, the number 245-1747. 1-7-4-7. Uh, for more information on that youth conference and the lock-in specifically targeting uh, children who have parents in leadership in the church. What what age range again? Middle school and high school. So I'll say 11 to 18. So I can't get no exemption for my son who's five. He, you, <laughs> if you come with him and sit on the panel. <laughs> you can't hook me up, man. I'm going to hook y'all up next year. I mean, I got, it's just us. Ain't nobody listening. I got, I got, <laughs> I, I got something next year for the, for the, for the elementary school. Oh, you got something next year? I got something next year. I'm actually going to take them on a retreat next year. Okay. All right. That yeah. sounds good. That sounds yeah. good. Well, we're going to take a quick break here, come back on the other side of the break, and finish up the conversation that we've started actually was it three weeks ago or two weeks ago? We started the conversation, yeah. and uh, last week it led into some interesting twist about the views of pastors and are there double standards? Are there certain things that, that people look at pastors one way and have a certain expectation, but other leaders who are in similar capacity may not have the same view or perception? And so the double standards, we'll get into all of that, talk very candidly. As always, we offer you to call in and, and offer your opinion, 727 one one, and we'll start uh, taking your calls very shortly after the break here on WHOV eighty eight point one FM. Do you? You know you, you make me feel so good inside. <laughs> I always wanted a girl just like you. Such a pretty, pretty young girl. Y'all to pray for Pastor Young right now. He he's he's in the studio moonwalking. 
I may have to leave and make my way to First Lady right now on the, on the, on the PYT part. He, right he's now. moonwalking on carpet. <laughs> <laughs> Just put your hand on the radio, please. Just pray for. <laughs> We're back on the pastor study here on WHOV 88.1 FM. Pastor Kevin Swan in studio, Pastor John Young, Pastor Raymond Johnson here, and we want to go ahead and jump in to the uh, topic for today. Actually, it's not a new topic. We're actually continuing the conversation that we had last week, for the last two weeks, actually. And uh, at the end of the show last week, Pastor Johnson, uh, you remember that we got a lot of phone calls uh, right after the show was over. You know, it seemed like the uh, topic was of a lot of interest to people, so we said, well, we'll just keep that conversation going. And for those of you who uh, did not get a chance to listen to the show last week, uh, there's a study that has come out by George Barner, and uh, it's a national uh, survey, and we've talked about a number of the statistics in the survey. But the last statistic that we talked about was particularly interesting as it relates to leadership in the church. What it says is that uh, for those who participated in the survey, 71% of the people who attend church who are in this survey say that they are more likely to develop their religious beliefs on their own rather than to accept an entire set of beliefs that a particular church teaches. And so that shift is saying that people uh, will come into the church, they might not necessarily agree with everything that's being taught, and that in the end, they might say, okay, I'll agree with this and, and not agree with this. And for those things that I don't agree with, is fine. I'll go and form my own opinions about certain things and move forward. But what's spurring these uh, beliefs uh, of people wanting to do it on their own is it's said in the uh, report that levels of distrust toward churches, church leaders, and organized Christianity has been growing over the past two decades. As a matter of fact, it is uh, at the highest level uh, that it has been in quite some time. And so I want to start there. Uh, and so, Pastor Young, since you weren't with us on last week, uh, you were handling your business. When, when you initially hear that, that statement, that levels of distrust between church member and church leader is the highest that it has been in a very long time, what, what's the first thing that comes to your mind? You know, well, first I think that, that you know, there's two sides of a double standard equation. And when we talk about um, being held to a double standard as a pastor, in some respects I embrace that because I do believe that we should be held to a, a, a more stringent level of accountability as pastors because whether it's right or wrong, some people uh, uh, will fall uh, if you fall, if if people are following you, uh, so so from that respect, I certainly uh, can see where uh, this has originated, where some people have have uh, invested their trust, right or wrong, uh, in in a pastor, um, and and obviously it is easier to trust a pastor because uh, uh, you are God's representative in their life you are the shepherd of their souls and so so when that happens i i i grieve even harder um, now on the flip side you know when you talk about the level of distrust sometimes i think that's misplaced distrust because they may see a pastor that is um uh, financially prosperous for example um and 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 really i believe 
when you look at uh, this double standard that that you spoke of with CEOs and and pastors being looked at uh, differently, although their scope of responsibility in 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 many ways are very similar, and you know, as biased as I may be, I would think that ours is even greater. Uh, uh, being uh, when you consider the fact that we are the watchmen over their souls, but what people don't understand is that oftentimes you're reaping what you've sown, and when you love people uh, in such a way that uh, that it is undeniable to them, then you, th- they tend to respond with love. And, and, and so that, that has been one of the reasons that I believe people that haven't been able to benefit from the love that, that you as a pastor may demonstrate on the outside looking in, they, they don't feel that the laborer is worthy of his hire. So, so I guess it goes back to the question, you know, if, there, if the levels of distrust are rising, is that due to what we are doing as leaders? And, and in every profession, let me say this, in every profession, you're going to have some bad apples, okay? So um, do you think that the bad apples are making it hard on everybody? Um, do you think it's a different mindset of the people now today? Because one of the things that the article says is that uh, this concern of distrust, along with the, the heightened independence of Americans and the access of Internet, Many people feel like, you know, they can just go to the Internet and gather information and reach their own spiritual conclusions. So why even deal with necessarily the the, the trauma and the, and the drama of the church when I can just go on the Internet and get what I need? Do you think part of that is because of what we're doing as leaders, or do you think it's also with the people and the mindset of the people? Which one do you think is greater? Well, I, I think the greater part is the mindset of the people because I have a problem with stereotyping. Uh, it, it's not a whole lot different than, than profiling or, or racism. If one black person robs a store, are all black people robbers? Mm. You know, if one pastor falls or is, is, is promiscuous, are all pastors that way? So, so I have a problem with being typecast uh, based on the position that God has called us to walk in. I agree, but do you? But you know it happens. Absolutely. I mean, you know it happens. I mean, mm-hmm. people look at what, unfortunately, some of the struggles of other leaders, and and they seemingly to me may be more quick to assume that most pastors are doing the same thing. And I guess this is the question I want to raise, Pastor Johnson. Do you think in this regard that there is a double standard, that because people look at what other folks are doing, are, do you think in, in ministry that, that we don't get the same benefit of the doubt across the board that other people in other professions get you know in our in our, in our country it's always innocent until proven guilty uh well in our profession it's guilty until proven innocent okay. and uh, I, I definitely think it's a, it's a double standard now that is not to say uh that uh, i agree with pastor young that we we ought to be held to a higher standard that meaning the standard of the word and the word holds everyone to the same standard in terms of integrity and righteousness and living by uh, what Jesus and the scriptures and Paul and the prophets taught taught us. So I agree that we, we ought to live and walk in integrity and righteousness. However, on the onset, there is a double standard in regards to pastors and preachers in particular. Um, and uh, in our profession, we are, are guilty until proven innocent. And I think it's that way because so many leaders that have gone before us and during our time and those that will come after us have really just not lived uh, what they preach. So you don't think that people can no any longer judge the merits of a person individually? We would hope that they would. 
you think everybody now has been lumped in. I'm telling you, everybody has been lumped in. And, uh, well, I'll say it this way. You know, you and I talked last week. Uh, you have members or you have individuals who come to your church and they'll sit in your church nine, ten months. Um, yes, and, before they join. Or before, before they, they join. Nine to ten months before they join. Well, really what's happening is folk are just checking you out. And uh, they're watching to see if your integrity of what you say lines up with what you do. And so that is the vacuum we find ourselves in today where people are going to kind of do an introspective introspection. Big word, I'm sorry. Uh, I, I, was, hey, I, caught my, you go. I caught myself before y'all <laughs> before y'all jumped on me. People are going to look at you real, real strongly for a while. Before they make a decision. Before they make a decision. And that has to do with what they what has taken place in their lives before. Now, is it fair to us in that regard? I don't think so. Okay. I think you've got to judge every book by its cover, and you've got to look inside of the book and make a judgment based on that book. And we want to hear from you, 727-5711. 727-5711, call in. Let's uh, hear your perspective on the matter. For those who don't want to call in, some people might be a little shy and you prefer not to be uh, not to be heard on the radio, you can go to uh, the website, www.kevinswan.org. Click on the pastor's blog link. The question of today is listed there on the blog, and you can just offer your comment via email. But either way, we do want your voice to be heard. And so I guess here's the question that I want to ask to both of you, and I ask you off air. If a pastor is, is let's say a pastor is making the same salary as a CEO, okay? Yeah. Same salary. And the CEO drives a certain car. The pastor drives a certain car. Pastor Johnson, if they both are driving the same car, making the same salary, do you think that the pastor is looked at differently than the CEO when they both are making the same salary? Uh, He is absolutely going to be looked at differently. Uh, than the CEO making the same salary because um, in the in the uh, experience that we have over here in the West, uh, most people tend to believe um, within their own value system that that preachers and pastors are supposed to take a vow of poverty. Now uh, that comes from some of the history and backgrounds of uh, of the church uh, over from the East. Uh, I'll just leave it like this and say this is why I'm a Protestant today. Uh, <laughs> but let, let me say this real quick. <laughs> let, let me say this real quick. Okay. Hello, somebody. So, some people said it last week. One of the the arguments was it's not it's okay if the church is being taken care of. Mm-hmm. Okay. So so let me make that argument. Okay. If a a CEO of a company and the company is not doing well, right? Yet the CEO is looking well off. Mm-hmm. Okay. Do we look at that with the same level of disdain as we would a pastor who might look to be well off, but the church building might be lacking or mm-hmm. the membership might not be whatever? The needs of the people are not necessarily do, do we do we, do we look at it the same way? Or do we say the pastor is more at fault because his lifestyle is in direct opposition to maybe how the church looks or where the church is? Well, the truth of the matter is, is if both of them ought to be at fault equally, but there is a double standard. That CEO, because he's not particularly in the line of work of watching for men's souls, if you will, or doesn't come from the historical background of of the scripture and the historicity of of Christianity and historicity. all that. You know, I had to throw that one. Historicity. In there. <laughs> he's going to be looked at with a double standard. Now, 
uh, if let's, now let's flip that around, Pastor Swan. If the church is doing well, meaning the building is being upkept well, it's being taken care of, uh, the people are able to receive their own needs, and their needs are being met in terms of of goodwill that is taken care of in the congregation for the common good of all the people. And benevolence is going out, and the church is serving the community, and the ministry is doing well, and the pastor all of a sudden starts to do well, just as well as the ministry is doing well. All of a sudden. It's got to be a thing of he robbing folk. Yeah, so, so, so that, why, that's just where it is. So is that the mentality? That, that is absolutely the mentality. And we inherited that from those who have gone before us and of our time who are in the first example that you gave. So, 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 so be, that's just how it is. So yes or no? Yes. Yes or no? I ain't even asked the question yet. <laughs> <laughs> if, 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 there is a, if there is a perception that the pastor is, is a certain image and mm-hmm. the image is not in line necessarily with where the church is, mm-hmm. then the assumption is that the pastor is doing something wrong? Uh, the assumption is that the pastor is doing something wrong, that he is taking advantage of the people, that he is hiding and misusing the money, that, that he is doing something with the resources that he should not be doing because there ain't nowhere in the world that some preacher ought to be living that Who, good. Who's making that assumption? Is it the members? Is it the people in general? Who, I think it, I think it's a little bit of both. I think you've got you've got some members who come in with some issues uh, who take a look without knowing the whole story, and they get tied into folk who are outside of the church, and that's how the rumor mill gets started. Okay. All right. We do have a caller on the air. Caller, are you there? Yes, I am. I um, have no problem, as I've said previously, with uh, you pastors making an awful lot of money. I wholeheartedly think you should make an awful lot of money. My problem... Um, comes in when a lot of pastors, well, I shouldn't say a lot of pastors because most of you are outstanding, but when some of you who make a lot of money start thinking that you're, you shouldn't be doing um, God's work in terms of feeding the flock. By that, I mean it hurts my heart when I see a well-paid, full-time pastor almost divorce himself from his congregation. You only see them on Sunday. You see them at select funerals. They'll preach select funerals. That hurts my heart. When someone who has been blessed by God starts walking around with a long, hard sense of entitlement, oh, that hurts me. So let me let me ask you the question that I asked the, uh, the pastors here. Now, do you think that, again... If a pastor's salary is the equivalent of a CEO, and understanding I know the difference between CEO and pastor's role, obviously there's spirituality connected to the pastor's role. But my question is, do you think that if the pastor and the CEO who are making the same salary, driving the same car, living in the same place, do you think that pastor is viewed differently than the CEO? Oh, wholeheartedly, yes. Um, Because sadly, some people think that pastors are not deserving of finer things. That sadly, I'm not one of those people, but there is a double standard. And so do you think that this contributes to the level of distrust if a pastor rightfully takes care of, of his, his earnings or whatever the case might be and is able to do these things, people see these things, do you think it automatically breeds distrust in the congregation? Sadly, it does, and I think a lot of people are not versed biblically on that, and I used to be one of those people, but God has no problem with us 
or you guys having a whole lot of money. He has a big problem when the money has us. And um, I, I think that's something that Go ahead, preach, sis. you guys <laughs> you guys should really be talking to us from the pulpit about that. I, <laughs> okay. <laughs> because it's, having money is okay. It, it is. And nothing's wrong with you guys having some of that. But I tell you what, don't make a whole lot of money and forget about us. You know, don't, don't show up, you know, only at special funerals and preach on certain Sundays and just get too big and... You know, to, to interact with us. I mean, Amen. feed us, feed the flock. That that's Amen. my problem. You know, when when some of these mega church folk um, get too big for their congregation. Okay, thank you for the call. We appreciate it. Absolutely, Pastor Young. What what do you think, man? I mean, she she flat out said there's a double standard. Um, you know, do you feel that way as well? You know, I I do. Um, now, one of the things that she said that really uh, touches my heart, and I, you know, my heart gets heavy when I think about you know, us as pastors and our responsibility uh, to the flock. But one of the things that I'm starting to understand that I didn't before, you know, there was a time when we had, you know, uh, 100 or so people, and now we have 300 or so people. And, 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 And the ability to connect on a personal level unfortunately is diluted it's very uh, much so because i have a um i have a very demanding schedule and you know our people and 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 i'm sure you all's people love us and and if they could if they could uh, all spend uh, time with us every day they would and so it came to a place even at our stage of growth that uh, we had to make sure that you know people that used to could just call me regularly now they have to schedule appointments to talk to me i used to return calls within a 24-hour time period now i'm happy to call you back within the same week um and so i as much as I, I believe the people uh, understand that it still doesn't dilute my desire to want to be with the people. And, 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 and then now when you look back at, at these um, uh, comments and, and the discussion that we're talking about today, the double standard, I believe that that double standard is usually, and as cold as this might sound, it's usually imparted to you by people that don't matter as much because the people mm. that really know me, mm. they know I love them. Uh, and the people that are on the outside looking in, um, mm-hmm. uh, the the naysayers, uh, you know, the haters, the pe- haters. yeah, that's it, bro. The hate, <laughs> well, you know, nothing wrong with a few haters. Yeah, but you know, it's interesting you say that point, and and the caller did talk about you know funerals and different things, and and you do reach a level. First of all, the Bible says a man's gift makes room. Mm-hmm. So if your ministry is growing, then that means that there are there's room for others. The challenge becomes. You know, when do you bring other folks along ministerially and it's not perceived as you trying to back away from your responsibilities, but you're trying to groom others for the work of ministry. And some people can look at that and say, uh, you know, you're not you're no longer doing what you used to do, but you get the same salary. And so, you know, I think that there, there is a fine line there. But I guess, you know, the question becomes and you mentioned drug dealers and how people are viewed, young people are viewed as drug dealers. So are you, are you suggesting then that, that for a pastor that looks well, dresses well, speaks well, drives well, that there's an automatic assumption that there is something wrong or shady that's going on within the ministry? Absolutely. And that, and I'll tell you, I'm a 
a personal victim of that. Uh, when we first started our church, um, I was doing uh, really well in the secular world. Um, you know, I had my own uh, recruiting company, and I was doing very well, driving a nice car and all those kinds of things. And our church was just getting started. And so, you know, it, if if someone didn't know uh, they would see us with a very small congregation, me driving a very nice BMW and all that kind of stuff, and assume that uh, that I was, you know, taking rob- money. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> but the truth be told, not only was I not getting a salary at all, um, but the money that I was making in the secular world um, was the thing that uh, uh, God was allowing me to use to support the ministry itself. And so everything isn't the way it appears oftentimes. And, and, and don't get me wrong, I know that there are people out there, like you described, there are bad apples out there in every profession. Um, but I just hate to be typecast. But we have to deal with it. That's Absolutely. our reality. Yeah. And so once again, we want to hear from you, 727 727- Five seven one one, and the topic for today is again a continuation of last week. The level of distrust that exists between membership and church leadership. Uh, the the story has said that it is at an all time high, and and we're trying to figure out where the distrust is coming from. Is it because, and and yes, there are admittedly some some leaders, some pastors that may not be doing all of the things right in 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 God's eyes. And now those things that have happened in other places are now spilling over into your congregation. So, Pastor Johnson, do you think then that it makes it difficult for those who are trying to do and honor God's will for pastoring and leaders to do it the right way? Do you think it's much more difficult in these days because of other things that have happened in other places that have no nothing to do with your own ministry? I just want to say to those brothers and sisters who are pioneering in ministry that are facing these these kind of circumstances— uh, if God before you, who can be against you? And what I want to say to you with confidence is the same way that um, individuals attend our congregations and they check us out for a while, we should also do the same thing. Um, and that is when you're building a ministry, don't automatically put people in places uh, just because you have a need that's there. Let them walk through a process with you for a while so that you can ensure that they have your heart and have the heart of the ministry um, before you start to involve them in so many different aspects because that's a two-way street. Just as, as people are doing an inspection of us, we ought to do the same uh, with them. And take your time. Be patient. Walk slowly. Uh, let God build your ministry and let it come in time the way that it should. The double standard, uh, it's just an unfortunate time we live in, Pastor Swan. We've just got to learn how to kind of roll with the punches of this, walk with integrity over time. Uh, but I guess here's the question that I, that I still ha- haven't gotten to, okay? There have been CEO, and I, and I keep going back because I'm trying to Go make ahead. the comparison that mm-hmm. pastors on some level do administer, have administrative responsibilities. Absolutely. Okay. It's more than just preaching on Sundays. There's, mm-hmm. there's administrative There's function. a whole other world behind right. Monday through Friday. Exactly. Right. So I'm using that, that angle. Mm-hmm. There have been plenty of CEOs that have done wrong, mm-hmm. okay? But we don't automatically assume when we first see a CEO that if they are driving something or they're wearing something that's nice, that we don't automatically assume that that CEO is doing something fraudulent in their own business. No, we do not. But we do to some degree for pastors. It's, it's, so it's, that's, that's, that's the part that I'm not understanding. And so help me. Where do we, why, why do we <laughs> automatically go there? That, that's the question. Because there are bad apples, they're bad CEOs. Yes. The person of Enron and, and, and Madoff. Come on, come on talk. Ber- Bernie Madoff just got 150 years yesterday yeah. for stealing folks' money. Yeah, 
Yeah. Most people looked at him, saw what he he did. They didn't accuse him off the bat of Mm-mm. doing something wrong. Over time, it proved to be that he was wrong. Why is it that at, in, at the very beginning, you size a pastor up, you look at him from the very beginning, and all of a sudden, okay, he, it's, it's, something, it's something not right. Well, I would say, you know, I don't want to get all deep and spiritual, so I'm just going to be the everyday natural guy that I am. It's a sickness. <laughs> it's a sickness, and sometimes it's even cultural uh, within certain segments of community that, uh, you know, the crabs in a barrel mentality. Uh, one person uh, gets out out of the barrel and makes it, and everybody else is still trying to pull uh, that particular crab back in the barrel. Well, if that crab can make it out of the barrel, he can throw a lifeline to pull somebody else out. But we don't tend to have that kind of thinking uh, with inside the guise of uh, churchanity, if you will. But this is not even about, you know, the, I guess the, the challenge is is that the people who are looking at it are not unbelievers. These are, these are, are people. Are they or aren't they? Well, yeah, notice, I said, there. notice I said church. Well, attended. let me say this. These are church <laughs> attenders. There you go. Because like that Pastor, have these views. Like Pastor Young said, the folk that know you, they love you and they want to see you do well. They understand as the ministry is growing, they don't get the same um, 25, 30 minutes in the office with you or at the altar with you or uh, at every function with you um, that uh, they did when the ministry was smaller and just starting out. Um, it is mainly the others who are outside of the ministry who have this view, who really are not connected with God themselves, who then pollute those who are inside of the four walls and cause them to have a questionable eye in regards to what we're doing. And so I think that's a distinguishable line that we've got to draw, that a lot of times this is really uh, a satanic attack uh, against uh, those of us in the kingdom who are preaching the gospel to kind of get us to kind of take a step or two back and not be who we are. Because truth be told, we need to kind of set an example for some of our flock and some of our people. Absolutely. And show that we can do well. Absolutely. And and Pastor Young, I guess, you know, one of the things the article also talks about is, yes, there's distrust, but there's also this independent thinking. And so, you know, know, again, you, you, you put those two together and you get separation. And so how how should we address people who have this mindset that, you know, I'll take it or leave it, whatever it is that you're saying, because I don't have to believe that your word is final. <laughs> well, you know, I, I want to that that's an area that I'm very sensitive to the independent thinking that you were talking about, because the truth be told is that in this article, it talks about how they're more likely to develop uh, their religious beliefs uh, on their own rather than accept an entire uh, set of beliefs that a particular church teaches. Now, I would assume, no, I don't even have to assume. I know at least these three churches in here, Mm -hmm. the entire set of beliefs that they're teaching is biblical. So if there's a different set of beliefs out there, it it, it would have to be something um, apart from the Bible. I mean, so when they talk about um, developing their religious beliefs apart from uh, wholeheartedly embracing what a church is teaching. And if that church is just teaching the word of God, you know, now maybe I've been sheltered, you know, but I am preaching the unadulterated gospel of Jesus Christ. And so I don't, I, I, I can't, I can't buy into now, granted, I understand that there are some 
ministries out there that put a whole lot of philosophy uh, in their in their messages. Um, and 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 I agree. You know, a philosophy is defined as somebody's own personal belief system. And and so that that's a completely separate subject than what we're talking about here. But um, I I don't believe it's our place as pastors to inject our own uh, philosophy uh, from the pulpit. You know, we preach the word of God. So so now when you talk about this independence they would have to be being independent from the Bible, Pastor Swan. And the other thing that I think that is um, is is necessary for us to do as pastors is I believe transparency is is, is very important. When you uh, talked about how they they uh, have this this double standard in terms of how they view us and the CEOs, um, you know our books are open. You know, uh, and and I believe that it is very important to be transparent, not only in how we're spending the money and all those kinds of things, but what we're doing. Uh, and that's where, you know, when you talk about this this uh, tremendous compliment that we have being a pastor, it's also a sobering responsibility. And so that's where I believe the double standard is even more important because we have to allow people into our business uh, to a certain extent and let them know, hey, this is what I'm doing with my life. This is what I'm doing with my energy. And this is what I'm doing with the resources that God has given uh, uh, me to be a steward over. And I agree with that wholeheartedly. You know, transparency does lead to a higher level of trust. And, and Pastor Johnson, you mentioned integrity is is also important, that, you know, who you are when no one's watching you, that's that's who you are. And, and that's also important. Um, you know, again, I guess the, the, the thought is, is that in our profession, it seems to me that we are judged in our profession more than any other profession by what others do. Mm. <laughs> what our co- what our colleagues are doing mm-hmm. we're judged more about what our colleagues are doing rather than what we are doing individually and that that to me seems to be the most difficult aspect i don't know if you all would want to comment on that mm-hmm. yeah one one of the things that i've noticed and and i hear this and to me you know i believe that there is an onus on us as pastors to be our brother's keeper mm. i'm not gonna let anybody talk about uh another pastor even if it ain't a pastor like you all who i consider to be my friends you know i believe that our job is to be our brother's keeper and like if i see somebody saying hey you know that church over there got all them people and all that money coming in and they ain't doing nothing in the community um i would i would challenge that you know i'm not going to hear any accusation against my brother i want to know what you know about that church to to uh, let you uh, believe that they're not doing right thing. What do you know about what they are doing? Absolutely. And so you got to get the information before you can make a final decision. We're almost out of time. We do have another caller on the air. Caller, are you there? Yes, sir. Go ahead and state your comment very quickly, please. Yeah. Uh, I, you know, I've been through that, um, what you were talking about, about looking too much at the pastor and looking at the pastor's lifestyle. But I think I've learned over the years, as Solomon says in Wisdom, Sometimes we look too much at the pastor. Now, going to church is a spiritual boost for us on us on a Sunday, but we should stay in the Word. And when we see a pastor stray or we see him being pulled, we should pray for him because the higher you get in the kingdom, the more craftier the beast becomes, and we're only human. Absolutely, we're only human. I guess. You understand? Yeah. So, um, so, so, so I, I think a lot of people. Um, there are people that are that are in churches that need to be in the church that you are because of where they are in their spiritual growth. But by the same token, I think as long as we stay in the Word and, and we realize that church, the word church, quote-unquote, is really the relationship that we have with Father and the way we treat our brother from the love that we receive from Father, 
I think people will understand and see church in a different pers- from a different perspective. Now, now let me ask you, sir. You said that when you used to go to church for a period of time, you did used to look at the pastor. What what specifically did you look at about the pastor? Was it the dress? Was it, what what about yeah, it? The, the, the riches, because the Bible says that we should be that the, the the word of God says that we should prosper and be in good health. And people take that out of context because there are pastors that have favor with God because of what they are doing. You are right. They are, the bro- they are their brother's keeper, and it is their responsibility to bring us to the Word, bring us to a relationship with the Lord. I, way back in the days, looked at the pastor and said he was driving this and he was wearing that, but that's really no concern of mine. It's the same principle of tithing. When we give, the, 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 the Word says that we, the command is that we, that we tithe. But it's not that we're tithing to the church, tithing to the pastor. It's being obedient to God's word. Absolutely. But do you think a lot of people miss that point, that, that people... I think, I think a great amount. I did for many years, and I studied. I know I could tell you, see, it was all it was all intellect until God takes you to your wilderness experience, and it becomes, this is what my word means. Not in the intellect, but from my heart to God's heart. This is what my word means. But a lot of men, men, I'm speaking now, men, we don't get to that place. As the word says, when I was a child, now that I'm a man, a lot of us want to stay young and don't want to really commit totally to giving ourselves in totality to God. Okay. Well, we appreciate your call, sir. Thank you so much. Yes, sir. Thank you. All right. Yeah, and we're, we're almost out of time here. And, uh, yeah, I mean, he, he said, you know, <laughs> he was passionate with it. You know, he said, you know, there was a time where he looked at, at us. And, you know, honestly, let me ask you this. And last question very quickly. If somebody's coming into church and they're struggling, financially trying to make ends meet, living in a difficult section of town, and they come in and they give their little bit, and then they see us with whatever we have on nice, going back home nice, do you think that that is a struggle for some people? I, I I do, and I want to say it's an unfair struggle. And let me briefly summarize just real quick this. You know, if you've got a church that's been underway for a while and you're doing well and as a pastor uh, you've begun to grow financially and then someone homeless comes and joins your church, people might say, look, you've got people that, that, are, that are sleeping on the street and you're living in that kind of house. So, so what are we supposed to reduce ourselves to the uh, the level of prosperity to the the our our newest members or or the people that are are, are just uh, connecting with us? If you are a really effective church, you're going to always be growing, and you should not only be reaching people that are wealthy, but people that are homeless and destitute in all kinds of uh, ways. And so, uh, you know, I guess my point is is that they they've got to see the whole picture, and that's a point you made uh, earlier. Very good. We're out of time. Uh, I want to thank Kevin Moose Anderson once again for allowing us to continue this uh, pastor study forum. Again, if you missed parts of the show or uh, most of it, you can go to kevinswan.org and listen to the show later on today in its entirety. Or if you want to go to kevinswan.org, click on the pastor's blog link and write in your response to the question of today on the show. Once again, on behalf of Pastor Raymond Johnson and Pastor John Young, thank you for listening to another edition of the show. Until next week, be blessed and be a blessing to someone else. Take care. Hi, this is saxophonist Dave Koz, and you're listening to WHOV 88.1 FM, the voice of Hampton University.